Hello and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with me, Drew Hollins-Roberts. And me, George Thomas. We're going to start off by saying a happy new year to all your listeners out there. The year is now 2021. Wish you a happy new year and we hope that it's a significantly better year for everyone than 2020. I'm sure it will be. It can't get any worse, can it? That's very true. Anyway, doom and gloom aside, this podcast was uh, started in 2020. So not, not all bad. <laughs> yeah. And long may it continue through 2021 and beyond. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football and history and obscure football players. Yeah, so each week we get a guest on to tell us their favourite uh, 11 from football, uh, their manager, their kit, their stadium and their super sub. This week's guest is someone that I have been on tour with and met through my acting side of work and it is Kieran Doherty. Let's get into the pod. <laughs> Sweet. Hello, boys. Hello, Kieran. How are we doing? Very excited to be here, if a little nervous, uh, as <laughs> I was telling you before. Big fan of the pod. I listen to it, listen to most episodes. And I'm slightly nervous about the fact that I'm the only person uh, who's not going to put a player from that Wales Belgium team in my uh, in my squad. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> give the game away. Also, well, I mean, you've... You've mentioned it now, which is enough. So we'll yeah. just we'll just go on for about it for about half an hour, and then we'll. You get guys it. were saying that you know you're trying to get away from people mentioning it, so I thought the first thing I should do <laughs> yeah. is that game. If anyone's playing nostalgia FC bingo, there's one of the ticks in the bag. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kieran, who do you support? So uh, I'm a, I'm a Celtic fan. We were talking earlier about how you can see in the back of this Zoom call, I've got a signed Celtic shirt up on the wall. So oh, yeah, so, so I'm a Celtic fan because my dad. Uh, brought me up as a Celtic fan, but also because I live in England, I'm, I, I would say that I'm an Arsenal sympathiser, basically. <laughs> because you got to, you got to, People always want to know who your who your English team is. So my closest big club is probably Arsenal. Don't know um, about a big club anymore. Well, I mean, you know, I think Arsenal sympathiser is correct at the moment because they need <laughs> as much sympathy as they can get. I was yeah. going to say as uh, as we're recording this, I'm pretty sure they're nearer relegation than than the Champions yeah. League spots. And Celtic aren't having a particularly good year either, so it's... uh, No, not a great year for you. It's a great time for me to come and talk about football on a football Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, that's the good thing, because it's called Nostalgia FC. We can reminisce on the good days. Exactly. There will be reminiscing. There we go. Talking about the present. (laughs) Okay. So, as always, before we get into your starting 11, we want to hear your formation. So, what have we got? So... I would say that I stopped properly watching football about three or four years ago. So my footballing knowledge beyond that point is not massive. So I'm sticking with a 4-4-2, which I know was still not necessarily the most favourable uh, favorable formation then. But I just, I don't know a lot about it. I don't know a lot about formations, but I like a 4-4-2. Yeah, I know classic. what I'm doing. I play football on a, on a Saturday uh, at the moment in London. And if I if my team sets up with a four four two, I'm good. I know where I'm supposed <laughs> to be. I know who I'm supposed to be marking. I know what I'm looking at. I know whereabouts I stand on the pitch. But if we start mixing it up with five, so you go back, into a four two three one. You have no idea. I don't know what's going on, George. I've just got no idea. Uh, and then people will be sort of talking to me as if I should. Like, you know, you're not in the right place. Where do you play? So, like position. At the moment, I'm I'm really mixing it up. I mean, I'm either right back or on the right of a front three, depending on 
basically depending on who's available. If the if the actual uh, decent attacking players are there, then I'll be at right back. But if if they need to sort of throw me in a hole, <laughs> I was going to say right right back doesn't change too often. No, no, no. no you're, you're, I, I, that's where I feel comfortable. I feel like the whole <laughs> game is in front of me, and I can see everything that's going on. But but when I start playing in the on the right of the front three. It's complex, you know. I have to turn around to look at where the ball's <laughs> coming from. I don't like turning around. I like running in one direction. Well, at least it's all on the right-hand side, so you can't mix that up. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Apart from, you know, occasionally, if I get put a left back, and, and then, then it all goes no to one the knows what's going on. So we'll do, we'll do what we usually do. We'll start from the back, uh, starting, obviously, with your goalkeeper. Yes. So my goalkeeper uh, is a man that you, I doubt, will have heard of called Barney McLaughlin. Uh, now, Barney McLaughlin is somebody that I played football with. I, he's played for most teams that I've played for. So I played football with him when I was at primary school, at secondary school. We then played for schoolboys together. He's a great goalkeeper. He, was, he used to play for Arsenal for a bit when we were younger. Um, so I know he's got the quality. He's actually a Tottenham fan. So, you know, I'm, I'm worried slightly about his loyalty. Yeah, that would have been awkward. Yeah, I remember his his dad having that conversation with him. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's OK if you want to go and play for Arsenal, that's allowed. Um, so I know he's a good player. But one of the main reasons that I brought Barney into my squad is because of his mum. You know, you get those, you know, you get those mums on the side of football pitches that really give it some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know the you know, they, they don't hold back. Um, and uh, his, his mum was great addition to have on the sideline. We played a game once against uh, Swansea. Um, we played a quarter final against them, and the the stadium we were playing in had like a a little bar just off the side of the pitch. And the game went to penalties, and Barney was in goal. And Karen, who's Barney's mum, she said she couldn't watch the penalties. I think if you're the, the mother of a goalkeeper, it's understandable to not yeah. watch the penalties. Yeah. So she went into the bar, and uh, she was in there, and no one else was in there. And then this other woman came in, and Karen sort of said hello, and this woman went. I'm the mother of the, the Swansea goalkeeper. I, I can't watch penalties, but it's fine because the boy for Cambridge looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Karen, I don't think, was best pleased with that. So then they were sort of both, um, Karen didn't say anything. They were both watching out of the, through the door, sort of, sort of watching a game. And Barney didn't dive for like the first three penalties. He just sort of stood there. He was unsure of what to do. And then the final two penalties... He dived and he saved and he dived and he saved. And she, Karen turned to this woman and he went, he's not shit now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah, always, you always get like the, the vocal parents on the sideline, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Karen was kind of, you know, she had some restraint. She was controlled, but also <laughs> she, uh, she didn't go over the top. You get some people's parents who are very strange. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, they think they're the next Guardiola or something like that. <laughs> Turning up in long Parker jackets, just stood there with a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, shouts out to parents. Good on your parents. Yeah, and shout out to Karen, Karen and Barney. Karen. Okay, well, goalkeeper, good choice. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my left back. Kieran Tierney is my left back. Oh, nice. So Kieran, as well as sharing my name has basically lived the life that I want to lead. He grew up playing for Celtic. Uh, he had a great career there. He won pretty much everything he could win. Then he moved to Arsenal uh, and now he's playing at Arsenal. So he's essentially leading the life I want to live. 
I yeah. do live vicariously through Kieran Tierney. <laughs> um, very, very good player, very good player. I do rate yeah, great player. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. actually one of the bright spots this season for a, a faltering Arsenal team. Well, one of the very, very few bright spots. Yeah. Like. I like his um I like his attitude as well. Have you seen the thing about him turning up to the Emirates with a Tesco's bag? Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah, so all the other players are getting off the coach with a Louis Vuitton little man bag or a wash bag made by Calvin Klein. Tierney's there with his meal deal and a Tesco's bag. <laughs> he's definitely got that sort of like Scottish steel. So we made this comparison with Andy Robertson last week where he's, he's got that bit of shithousery about him. Kieran Tierney's definitely got that. Obviously both great Scottish left-backs. Absolutely, yeah. And then uh, I think it was the end of the Leeds game with Arsenal where I can't remember who got sent off for Arsenal. Pepe, because Pepe, Pepe did... Uh, ah, yeah, the headbutt. You yeah, want to call it. it a headbutt, you can call yeah. it a headbutt. The head grazed Alioski. <laughs> Exactly. It's, yeah. it, you literally can't. You can't move your head towards yeah. another player now, can you? No, but the, the end of that game, they're all shaking hands. And then Tierney goes straight for Alioski, straight to get in his grill and shout at him. Bit of a handbags after the game. I love that sort of Absolutely. stuff. It's because yeah. he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't agree with someone brushing their face against your face and then rolling around on the floor for twenty-five minutes. Yeah, love it. Um, no, I like it. I like his attitude. He's one of those players that is. Absolutely in my fantasy team, no matter what, you know, he's yeah. not a big scorer. He's not going to get goals. He's not going to get assists. He's not going to, you know, do anything magnificent, but I just want to have him in there because he makes me feel comfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah. After your description there, doesn't uh, strike me as the best choice for a fantasy league player. But he's in there. <laughs> Absolutely not. You've got to have that one player, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I just Googled him just to see if I could find some, some sort of facts about him. And the first thing that came up just said, uh, Kieran Tierney uh, admits life is terrible at Arsenal and everything's going wrong. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's all right. Little insight into that for you. Starting the new year as a means to go on. Good job, Kieran. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That was, that was what, your left back? Do you want to do you want to go to your other fullback or do you want to move across the. Let's, let's go across, let's go across the uh, defense. We'll go to centre back next. So my centre-back, not a traditional pick, I've gone for Pierre-Luigi Kalina. The referee? The referee, correct. Um, Now, I felt like I really wanted to shoehorn a uh, a referee into my team (laughs) for a few reasons. You know, A, they're going to be mates with the referee who's actually refereeing the game. (laughs) B, I want someone in my team who's, you know going to be able to explain to me and the rest of the squad what is going on with VAR at all times. Uh, right. And I feel like, you know, he is, he is the man for the job. I don't think anyone's going to be messing with him. Mark Clattenberg's not going to be, you know, telling Pierre-Luigi Kalina what's going on. Yeah, because also he is the most intimidating looking man I've ever seen step foot on a football pitch. You're absolutely right. It's his eyes, isn't it? It is. <laughs> He's got crazy eyes. He's, he wants to murder you, but he'll send I... you off instead. And he's completely hairless as well, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> makes for an imposing figure. He actually um, doesn't, I don't think he has eyebrows either, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. I, well, I, I looked him up a little bit to see how he would slot into my team. Uh, and he did play as a centre-back when he was younger. Um, he's, he's also like way over six foot. He's a big guy. And he's the only referee that a player has ever asked to swap shirts with. And that, who, that, who was that that player was David Beckham <laughs> so you yeah, know that's quite if iconic David, if David what Beckham asked your shirt then I think you could probably be in my team to be honest yeah 
He's also one of the only referees, or the only referee, to feature on the cover of a video game. Yeah, he was on Pro Evo, wasn't he? Pro Evo, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I remember as a kid, that cover scared me. I was like, oh, I'll buy FIFA this year. (laughs) He was sort of like like the villain of football, wasn't he? Yeah. I remember being young, because obviously I was not that old when he would have retired, but he was he was actually scary to look at. He was sort of this mythical creature because he wasn't in the Premier League either. So you just saw him on big European nights. Yeah. It's one of them where, especially in Europe, like European players have a tendency, and it's it's on in the English game now too, where they crowd the referee after a decision. You would not crowd <laughs> Kalina. I, I watched a lot of YouTube highlights of him. He, he pushes people sometimes. Yeah. He sort of like towers over them. He loves it. <laughs> That's a great choice, to be fair. Very good choice. For some reason, I know this fact about Kalina, and I've just double-checked to make sure it's right. He has a... He's actually a doctorate of science, right? I couldn't remember which university it was that he'd been awarded it by, because I thought it was like a fancy one. And no offence to the one that it is. But he was awarded a doctorate of science, an honorary, honorary degree for his contribution to the world of sport by Hull University... <laughs> Of all places, why Hull? In the world, anywhere he's been, Hull went, yeah. Perugy, come here. Can they give you this? <laughs> he's probably asked Hull and they were just like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Any time that somebody starts a sentence with no offence to this place, <laughs> Hull is so often the punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's also, he also went to university and studied engineering uh, in Italy, I think. So... I want somebody on the team bus who's going to have a bit of chat outside of football, you know. <laughs> All the other I mean, players would, would have no idea, though. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> no. I imagine he'd get on very well with Karen, actually. <laughs> I think he would. I think they'd be good friends. <laughs> well, that's the first referee to make an appearance in our teams. Great, great. That's great. So who's, <laughs> who's, he, who's he partnering at centre-back? So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, right, you've got a man who's not actually a footballer at centre-back so surely next to him you're going to put Sergio Ramos you know you're going to put a winner in there you're going to put Virgil van Dijk um I haven't gone for Virgil van Dijk uh, despite having met him once at Celtic Park nice uh, I have gone for a guy who sat next to me at a football match once <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you this man's name went to watch Celtic play Barcelona right and I was sitting uh, away from my dad. He was up in the stands at somewhere else and he'd, we'd got separate tickets. So I had to go and sit next to some random bloke. Didn't know where my dad was. I was completely on my own. This guy was very friendly, sort of sat down next to me. Uh, and he asked me who I was with. And I sort of said, oh, my dad's somewhere. And he's very polite. And then for the next 90 minutes, he hurled abuse for without, seemingly without breathing. Uh, you know, it was a big fat guy. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know how he didn't take a breath, but he didn't. We actually went uh, ahead in that game twice, uh, beating Barcelona on two separate points of that game. I think I and remember was, this game. At no point throughout the game was he pleased with what was happening. At no point was he happy with what was going on. He was angry for 90 minutes. And I feel like my centre-back, I want somebody, A, who's talking a lot, who's talking through the game, and B, who's just basically like a bit intimidating... And he's not going to let anything go. When you're 10 nil up, he's going to be that guy shouting, it's still nil-nil, you know? <laughs> My sort of example of just how confident this man was, was that with about 70 minutes left, two substitutes left the Barcelona dugout and they were warming up, right? And it was 
Turam and it was Good Johnson. And we were sitting behind the goal. And obviously you got all the all the fans who were on the same level as the players. And Ida Good Johnson and, and Turam were just getting screamed at and screamed at and screamed at because they were standing in the way of the of the match, right? So they were just walking further and further down because everywhere they stood, people were shouting at them, telling them to move on. And eventually they got all the way around to the back of the goal and they were running up and down to the back of the goal. And then Turam, who's like, you know, he's six foot. He's a big guy. Yeah, big fella. And, uh, you know, most capped player for France ever. So he's not going to be bullied. And this guy just stands up and goes, Turam, Turam. Turam turns around. He goes, set down. <laughs> You've got Lillian Turam sitting on the floor. He's like, sorry, mate, sorry. And he's sitting on the floor and he's watching the game. Um, I can't remember who the Barcelona manager was then, but I think if you send someone out for a warm-up and then you look out and they're sitting on the floor behind a goal, you probably don't have <laughs> So, you know, I think the fact that he had the balls to tell Turan to sit down. Yeah, obviously confident that, man. He's a that's confident very man, funny. A man I want at the back. He'd be a very vocal presence on the pitch. And that's what I'm looking for, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the, only problem, the only problem is... Whatever striker comes up against this, yeah, they're te- they're two terrifying people, but I can't imagine they're the best football players. Well, see, you think that, George, but you know, if you've got <laughs> someone up front who's maybe small, a bit a bit weak, I just don't think they're going to come anywhere near them. <laughs> and even if even if they did, this big angry fat guy would just break their spirit to the point where they were so <laughs> unconfident with their inabilities that they wouldn't be able to score. They'd be they'd be sitting down on the pitch. <laughs> exactly, they'd just be sitting down on the floor saying, "I don't I don't want to do this anymore." Asking um, to be subbed. <laughs> so at the moment, your your defence is giving people existential crises. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that, you know, maybe when he was younger, he was in the prime of his... If he's that upset when Celtic are losing to Barcelona, he might have been a great footballer when he was younger. So... Yeah. You never know, yeah. You know, I, either I, I'd, I'd pick him as a 50-year-old fat bloke who's got nothing <laughs> in his lungs... Or you allow me to rewind time and I pick him as a sort of 18, 19 year old. Well, that's, that's completely your choice, mate. <laughs> if um, if Kalina and this guy who told Turan to sit down were playing against the Barcelona uh, striking force of that night that I was watching the game, they would have been playing against, uh, they would have been up against Henri, Ronaldinho and Messi. Just Easy. as a front. Would have been right in his pocket, no problem. With Yaya Toure, Deco, and Iniesta behind them. And I feel like this guy's got him in the bag. <laughs> just an angry Scottish man hurling abuse at Messi is just perfect. Exactly. That's exactly. what you want, isn't it? Intimidation tactics. There's nothing quite like going to a game and sitting with someone you don't know. Yeah. I've done it a few times a few seasons ago. I started going back to Anfield after a long time away just because it's so hard to get tickets. And every time I would go, I'd just have some random bloke's ticket. It's great, especially with Scousers. And I imagine that actually Scottish people are very similar. Glaswegians just sitting there, just getting abuse. Like you said, hurled, hurled, hurled. And then halfway through the game, he turns to me, do you want to wear this, mate? Just hands me with his original. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Just something you don't get from like sitting like with people you know. Just that no, no. experience of just strangers coming together, sharing with his originals, shouting at, shouting at Huddersfield players. Love it. For me, one of the things I miss most about the coronavirus is just hugging a stranger every now and again. Yeah. Just like the, the goal goes in and you just turn to this bloke and you look and you're like, shall we hug? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then you embrace. Yeah. 
when you were little as well, they'd always like kiss you on the top of the head as if it was like good knuckles. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move across onto your right back. So now the right back. So, you know, admittedly, we have got two people here who uh, are not footballers. So we need our right back to be one of the world's greatest. And I know what you're thinking, George. Yes, I have put myself at right back. <laughs> um, I've listened to a few people uh, on your podcast and I can't believe more people aren't putting themselves in the team, you know. If I'm getting an opportunity to put myself in a squad of players, then I'm definitely taking that opportunity. I think you are, to my knowledge, the first person to put themselves in the team. We've had someone put themselves as the manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, go on. State your case. Why are you, why are you right back? Well, so, so there's something I quite like, A, about the idea of having a Kieran at left back and a Kieran at right back. <laughs> That's yeah. just nice symmetry, you know? Symmetry, love that. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm also fairly similar player to Kieran Tierney in that basically I like to go round people and then whip a ball into the box. The way that I will do that is by using zero trickery, <laughs> but by standing very still, kicking the ball quite far and then being faster than the person that I'm running around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, quite often for me, the same thing that happens with Tierney, which is that I kick it too far and the ball just goes off the pitch. <laughs> um, but when I don't do that, when I don't do that, I can be a fairly effective right back. Um, I played at uh, like a, a fairly decent standard. I did play at, uh, at Anfield once. Nice. So you, uh, you might be jealous to know. Very. Um, I played against Liverpool in a game uh, where, and I won't tell you what the final score was because <laughs> Cambridge and Liverpool are slightly different uh, different levels of team. But it was the, it was the cup final. My highlight of playing on that pitch was they had a really big centre forward, and this ball came in right, and I jumped up and I got above this centre forward and I headed it. And you hear Barney, who's my goalkeeper in the video, you hear Barney shouting, "Good head, Kieran." But that's obviously boosted my confidence, right? Yeah. The ball sort of bounces around a bit and then it comes back to me. And I, I feel I feel Anfield opening out in front of me. I feel like I've got space to move. I, I, I see my name on the back pages and I, I step on the ball and I go to run. And you know when someone steps on the ball and it's like a banana skin and it just yeah. sort of picks them up? Spends, yeah. That happened and I face-planted the floor uh, and you hear the crowd go, wee! Um, <laughs> And that was the highlight of my footballing experience. So you've you've got video footage of that. I can I can send it to you. Please, oh yes, absolutely. please do. <laughs> I now understand why you've chosen a four four two as well because you did say you get very confused if it's not a four four two. So with you in the team, then uh, it helps you, doesn't it? Exactly. I know what I'm doing. What I also <laughs> want though is for there to be a new rule that all teams that I'm playing against also have to be playing 4-4-2. <laughs> so that, you know, I can just look at the left winger and go, he's mine. That's what I need to do. But That was that was the case as well, wasn't it? When it was always 4-4-2 and I was a left back. So I'd always just look at the right winger, who usually was the best player on the pitch, it seemed, anyway. No, that's just because uh, I played you against just, you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you would just look at them and be like, right, right winger's mine. Yeah. The two centre-backs have, have the two strikers. Right back as the left winger. I do like that looks. feeling as well when you're sort of just before kickoff, when you're literally just looking at the person who's playing opposite you and wondering yeah. what they're going to be like. Because you always get the guy with yellow boots and you're like, okay, he's going to be either really good or really crap. Uh, crap. Yeah. Um, then you then you get like, 
you never want to see a really big guy. I imagine if I was playing right mid and I saw George at left back, I'd probably be quite upset about that. Oh, he was he was much <laughs> smaller back then. I was going to say oh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't this big back then. In fact, yeah, I was one of the smallest in our year when when I was playing that's, football. That's how I used to catfish people because I'd rock up and I was the tallest, and everyone would be like, "Oh, he's tall," and then they see me play, they go, "Oh, don't worry about it." <laughs> Um, you're right about the boots, though, aren't you? Because you'd always you'd always have that one centre back who would just have plain black boots, and you'd be like, "Oh crap, he's going to be good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the kids with the the lime green boots, and he's got like a, a bleach blonde fringe or something. Yeah, and he, he would have taped right. up his socks as well. Yeah, yes. yeah. And he's like really specific about how he rolls his sleeves up, and he's wearing Under Armour. Yeah, I oh, always Under Armour. That's not, dig- wear under armor. That's not a dig at you, George, sorry. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I said it and your face dropped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a photo of us playing for Pedder Bryn and we, so our kit, it wasn't the nicest. Actually, no, it was all right. Yeah, well, nice. It was an orange kit with uh, black sleeves. And I used to wear white under armor and then pull the black sleeves back. So it just, you didn't look right. And like, I, I look at it now, looking back at it, like, what was that? And I had like straightened emo fringe as well. So it wasn't a good look with my Puma boots. Okay, maybe I actually would have quite liked to. <laughs> yeah, if you'd have saw me, you would have been like, yep. <laughs> I'd have been like, I've got this kid on toast, I think. <laughs> well, that is an intriguing defence. Yeah, well, you've got, the, you've got the pace to cover the, the two in the middle, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, for all we know, Pierluigi Cleaner could be a speed demon. Well, he's probably pretty fit. Yeah, he gets about the pitch. Like, referees are pretty fit. So, yeah. yeah, he was doing it since he was about 50 as well. So he's. Exactly. Yeah. So let's move into the midfield. Your choice as to where you start. Uh, so let's let's go from left to right again. So um, on the left hand side, I've got the man so good they named him twice. I've got JJ Akotcha. Oh yes, <laughs> purely because I grew up playing football on a Saturday, coming home watching Soccer AM with a little sugar strand donut I got from the bakery across the road every day. And my two favourite parts of Soccer AM were eating the donut. And watching JJ Kotcher on um, Showboat. Yeah, Showboat. He was always on there. And I, and just before this, I quickly looked up his YouTube highlights. And, it, you know, most people get two or three minutes of some skills. His is like eight or nine minutes of solid flicking the ball over people's heads, little flip flaps, you know, moving around people. He, he did stuff that I'd never seen anyone else do before. Yeah. Um, so he, he absolutely had to be in there for me. I think um, he's, he's one of them where... The generation coming through now, they just won't understand. They just don't understand the, the joys of JJ Okocha. No, it's so not. rare now to see a player just have free reign to just do rainbow flicks and do whatever they want on a pitch without being like yeah. curtailed by the manager going, stop doing that, just pass it. JJ, you could do what he wanted. Oh, I loved amazing. him for it. Yeah. He also went through a phase when I was younger of tormenting Arsenal for some reason Bolton were Arsenal's sort of bogey team for a while and he would just run them ragged so the idea of having him on my side rather than playing against my side that makes me feel quite comfortable yeah it's such a bizarre transfer as well because didn't he go from Paris so it's like he went from PSG to Bolton yeah and it was just so odd and like Football team wise that's odd also imagine going from a city like Paris no offence to Bolton but to Bolton <laughs> lots of the Parisians I know you know they're always talking about Bolton <laughs> they always want to go there they always want to visit not we're slating some English towns today as well I know <laughs> fans of Hull and Bolton have stopped listening to your podcast <laughs> yeah they've stopped <laughs> um, so yeah so I'd, I'd quite like to have him 
you know, on my side rather than uh, rather than watching him play against us. And also, he's Alex Awobi's uncle, isn't he? Yes. I didn't know that. I might get some tips from him about how to sort of make your nephew into a great footballer because that's essentially my plan with my nephew at the moment. <laughs> nice. I don't I don't think he's given too many tips to Alex Awobi because uh, he's not very good. No, he's not. You're absolutely right. I mean, he almost tormented Arsenal fans as much as JJ Okocha did. So. <laughs> that, was the tri- that was the tip that he gave him. This is how you piss yeah. off Arsenal. Watch this. I love he's as an well. undercover agent for Bolton. Yeah. I love as well you said you'd, you'd rather have him on your team than against you because he would be on the left wing against you as well. <laughs> so, smart yeah. move. Yeah. I've got a very vivid memory of JJ Kocha. I think I was 11, 12 maybe. Went to Anfield a Wednesday night. I think it was the Worthington Cup still at that point before it became the calling and then the Carabao. I remember it because it was 2-2 last minute and JJ Kocha hadn't started the game, but he'd come on and it was Big Sam was the manager. And then JJ Kocha got the ball on the left and just did some mad trickery. Like, I don't know, he might have teleported. I don't know where he went from <laughs> where he was to where he got and then just bent one top corner, runs into the corner where I'm in, start celebrating. I'm like... As an 11 year old, not really learning to appreciate football properly, as in, like, just in, enjoying the spectacle of what's happened before me. I'm just like, I hate you, JJ Akacha. <laughs> <laughs> but since watching the goal back, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a very good goal, that to be fair. But yeah. Great player, JJ Akacha. Great choice. Yeah, really is. Do you want to move to the right midfield or do you want to go to your centrals? Let's, uh, let's, let's c- continue through the, the centre. So, my sort of defensive-minded central midfielder is uh, the one and only Scott Brown. Hey, me uh, machine. I couldn't, I couldn't not put him in, really. He's also going to be the captain of my side. Nice. Um, I'm happy to hand over that responsibility. Uh, <laughs> he is um, just, I, I, you know, I think all Celtic fans love him and hate him at the same time. Uh, they love to hate him. Um I don't know if you've seen the video, it goes around Facebook sometimes, of he's playing in a match against Aberdeen and he gets fouled by one player, he gets fouled by a second player, they both put him on the floor and then the third player runs up and smashes the ball at him uh, and he jumps up and he does this sort of dancey celebration because, you know, they, they, just, they just can't keep him down, basically, and he's sort of <laughs> rubbing it in their face. Um, so I love him for that. Also, I don't know if you know about the Juve celebration. So there's a Celtic Rangers game. Um, and I think it's quite close to the end of the game. Celtic have had a man sent off. Rangers are 1-0 up. And Scott Brown gets the ball on the edge of the box and he just bends it with his left foot around Juve and it goes into the top corner. And then he stands in front of Juve with his arms spread right in his face like that. Oh, I th- I've seen a photo, yeah. yeah. Big yeah, fan of that. Juve- Juve is just one of those players who is just such an asshole. So, oh yeah, to so see someone get in his face like that is very, very satisfying. Yeah, I um, love that when players get in their grill of other players that everyone hates. They yes, a lot of time as well. Yes, um, what we like. Yeah, he he is the king of shithousery. I feel very, very like successful him. player. A very well. Good... I mean, one of the most successful in Celtic's history. Yeah, very polarizing player. Like you said, like he loves to put himself about. Loves winding up opposition fans. I think he's been in trouble with the police a few times for what he's done on the football pitch, as far as yeah, I'm aware. Also, he's also been, you know, I think because he's such a hated player by other Scottish football teams, I think that people have 
said things about his personal life and sort of approached him outside of football, which, you know, yeah, I've no, got no time for. Really. No, no, no place for that in the game or in the world. Exactly. Yeah. But a great player and a great choice. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, he's definitely covering the uh, lackluster defence you've got there. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and also, it's just nice that this fat Glaswegian guy who sat next to me at a football game, he now also gets to play with Scott Brown. Yeah. So I'm sure he's very happy with that. So if anything, you'd like delivering a public service at this point. It's, it's a charitable team. Yeah, really. it's lovely. It really is nice. Um, so next to Scott Brown, I'm going for... And George, I, I don't think you'll thank me for bringing this man up. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. Free kick specialist. Yes. George won't appreciate me bringing this up because uh, Nakamura scored two free kicks in back-to-back games against Man United in the Champions League. He did, yeah. One of our, one of those games uh, being when we beat you one nil. So sorry for bringing that up, but I feel like you've, right. got to have, you've got to have a, de- um, a dead ball specialist in your team. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he can whip them in. He certainly can whip them in. Unbelievable player. I think he's he's one of them where, despite the fact that he didn't actually play that many times for Celtic, only 128 games, but he's like cult hero status. Like he can't. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He could do anything for the rest of his career but for that one club he will always be the legend that is completely Nakamura yeah he scored a great great goal against Rangers scored a couple in the Champions League and also like you know certain teams have those players I guess City have it with De Bruyne at the moment where you're scared to give them a free kick around that area yeah 100% around that part of the pitch and it was like going to watch games it would just be exciting when you got a free kick obviously most of them don't go in the back of the net no but for yeah. him a lot of them did yeah exactly and you don't see them because you just see the highlight reels of the ones he did score yeah <laughs> think, hey scott every single one he ever took yeah you're absolutely right now, you're um right. japan japan have uh had quite a few like free kick specialists because wasn't there he might still be playing honda yeah keisuke honda yeah he i remember him just banging in free kicks left right and center yeah yeah well, Nakamura made 98 appearances for Japan. Wow. That's a lot of appearances for yeah, the yeah. national side. Fair play. I hate it, though, when you see that, though, where he's on 98. Surely Japan could yeah. have squeezed two games in there for him. Just bring him off the bench or something. Yeah. yeah. Get him up to 100, you know. Well, he's actually still playing. Oh, really? Yeah, at 42 years old, he's still on the books at Yokohama FC. Fair play. Yeah. He also made an appearance on a Japanese uh, game show where he took a free kick and bent bent the ball into a into the window of a moving bus. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, How many takes do you reckon that took, or was it like One take, George. It was... <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that Wayne Rooney street soccer programme. Yes. He used to have to like, yeah. dribble around tyres and kick the ball into a skip and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, we get it, Wayne. You're from the streets. Thank you. Yeah. You're, it, would, it would have been a car park, wouldn't he? Yeah. No, great choice from Nakamura. Yeah. So the midfield so far looks pretty functional. Drew, you're saying that as if this, the defence you don't feel is functional. <laughs> uh, no comment. So let's go. I mean, we neither of us have ever seen you play. So, Well, I'm good enough to carry the fat guy at the back. Don't worry. <laughs> you're pretty strong as well then if you're carrying him. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, so let's go for our, our right midfield. This was a position I struggled with the most, to be honest. But I felt like I had to, as an Arsenal sympathiser, get uh, an invincible in there. 
So we are going for Freddie Lundberg. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, again, is a little bit of a cult hero. Um, he, I've got him in there because I wanted an Invincible. And also, since I have lost slash removed my hair, people tell me I look a bit like Freddie Lundberg. I was, I was going to say when you, when you mentioned it, I was sort of like, yeah. People say that. So I feel like if I'm playing it right back and he's playing it right midfield, the left back and the left midfield, they don't know who they're marking, you know, they're getting confused. <laughs> yeah, interchangeable. The shiny heads are confusing them and they're just they're marking the wrong man. They, you know, we're t- we're rolling them in circles, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. He is a great player, a classic winger. Just get the ball, head down, run. Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable player. I really, really I really liked Jumberger. He's a great pundit as well. Seems like a generally nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, part of the Invincibles. So obviously... played Celtic as well, didn't he? Yeah. He, he again is one of those few players who did play for Celtic and Arsenal. He when he played for Celtic, he you know he was way past his best. Seven games he played for Celtic. Didn't become a superstar. Yeah, he he left Celtic after seven games and joined Shimizu S Pulse, which is yeah. the worst yeah, sure. team name I've ever heard. Yeah, not great. S Pulse. S Pulse. What league? Them? Uh, Japanese football club. There you go. J One League. So they are in the top division of Japanese football, but yeah. but yeah, obviously Swedish legend as well. He's gone. On to be a great coach. He's yep. been Arsenal interim manager actually before Arteta went in, I think. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, during that, he seemed like a fairly nice bloke. I don't think he should have got the job full time, but he seemed quite nice. Yeah. And you've got to have a nice man in your team, you know. I feel like <laughs> he and Freddie are sitting next to each other on the coach. Yeah, that's nice. That We're sitting next to each other. He's being nice. And then on the row across from us, Kalina is just chatting about engineering. <laughs> and I'm liking that. Sounds like a lovely experience on the way day. Yeah, I don't want to be sitting anywhere near the fat guy in Scott Brown. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've got a couple of bottles of Buckfast at the back of the bus and they're, you know, cracking on. Not a lot of hair in your team, is there, so far? No, I don't want much hair in the team. <laughs> but then you do have JJ Okocha and Nakamura, which is just making it up, I guess. Quite a lot of hair. Well, when I used to have hair, I used people used to tell me that I looked like Rakitic. Yeah, I can see that. I used to get that a lot. But now it's Freddie Lundberg, who I think, personally, better looking. He does those uh, <laughs> underwear commercials as well, doesn't he? I mean, the comparison yeah. you're trying to make there. Maybe you could get, maybe you could get me into that game. Help me become is that, a... Is that what you're talking about on the coach? Underwear model, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a new segment of Hot or Not. <laughs> We've moved on to underwear modelling. I think if you give him a chance, Angry Fat Guy could be an underwear model. We could do a sort of calendar, couldn't we? Did he have hair? Uh, no, he didn't have hair. No. <laughs> it's a prerequisite I very much want the spine of my team to be held <laughs> well let's see if that continues uh, well I've actually I've just I've just looked at the striking partnership and there's not a lot of hair going on uh... <laughs> we'll start with and Drew you might be upset with me because I feel like you you've you were unsure about the defence you were more concrete on the midfield but you, I don't think you're going to like my first striker go on hit me uh, I'm I'm going for Yaya Sonogo. Yaya <laughs> Sonogo. I will say this about him: football manager legend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Very very good on football manager. They thought he was good, and then they watched him for a season and went, "Oh no, we were wrong." Change it. <laughs> so I'm going for Yaya Sonogo, but I'm going for him in a very specific period of time. Okay. Yes, that's what so I, I want. I, I yes. want him trapped in this specific game. So it was when he first came to Arsenal. I went to watch Everton-Arsenal in an FA Cup quarterfinal that Arsenal won 4-1. Sonogo didn't score, but he played very, very well. 
and he did this thing where he beat a couple of players and he went through on goal and he fizzed a shot and it bounced off the bar and went out, right? And I turned to my mate who I was at the game with and I was like, he, he is going to be a star. That guy's going to be big. And as he did this, he turned to the fans. And you know when players sort of like throw their arms in the air like that, like, come on, make some noise. Yeah. He did that. And I was like, you know, this guy, he's got, he's got skill, he's got pace. And look at the way he's interacting with the crowd, you know. He's, he's getting us riled up for it. He's got it. Um, and then that, that day, my brother was at the game with a few of his mates. And we went and we had a few beers. And we were, you know, I chatted all night, basically, after a few too many uh, Peronis about Yaya Sonogo and how <laughs> I, I knew he was going to be the next big thing. And I, I was saying, mark my words, you'll remember this conversation. I know I will, because he's going to be huge. He's the next Thierry Henry, which I'd <laughs> say about every striker they come across. <laughs> and then things from there really went downhill. And then that stick was used to beat me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, going to say, I bet they didn't let you live that down. No, by my friend Josh, he was, um, he didn't let it go. So I want to use Yaya Sonogo, but I want to use him in his peak, which was that one minute period where he went round two people, fizzed a shot off the bar, and then turned to the crowd and, uh, and G'd us up. And if that isn't what this podcast is about, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is exactly it. This is my dream. He Love is it. a terrible player. Yes. <laughs> so that is perfect. <laughs> I love as well. You have described one of many Arsenal appearances, which is 11. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no goals. Was it really 11? <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, again, I get all my facts from Wikipedia and it may not be true, but. No, no, I think it was because I seems to remember we had a lot of injuries as well. Fun fact about Yaya Sonogo, you, you should give him a call because he's currently a free agent. You might fancy a game on a Saturday. Give him a call. Oh, okay. You could be you could be feeding the ball to Yaya on a Saturday on a Saturday morning. Come down to London and play Houston Homved, mate. There you go. <laughs> Does he listen? Do you know if he listens? Uh, well, last time I spoke to him, he said he was going to listen to them, but um, since then I'm not here from him, so I don't know. Okay, well, I'll get him to listen to this one. We do we do get a lot of professional footballers uh, <laughs> who, especially who are free agents and have got the time listening to this podcast. Well, so, to be okay. honest, being a free agent makes him about as much of a professional football player as us. That's very true. That, yeah. I mean, less so because Kieran's actually playing for a team. There you go. So there you go. I'm better than Yael Sonogo officially. But <laughs> not key uh, key to the, the team, not in that two-minute period. No, of course. Because that's when he was un- unstoppable. Oh, if only that goal had gone in, what would have Yeah, happened? I know. He also didn't even score that goal, which I'm saying <laughs> unstoppable, but yeah. So he didn't score a goal for Arsenal? No. For two minutes a game, yeah, got a very good striker there. He needs, a, he needs a partner. And I'm, I'm putting him up next to a man that was good, not just for two minutes, uh, but for seven years at Celtic, Ooh. then for a year at Man United, and then for a couple of years at Barcelona. I'm going for Henrik Larsson. Yes. Couldn't, couldn't really not pick him, to be honest. I think my dad would have throw me out of the house if I hadn't put him in there. <laughs> we would have seen it live on Zoom. We actually went to uh, a Barcelona game once. I feel like I'm mentioning Barcelona quite a lot. We went to a Barcelona game once on holiday and we went to watch a game. This was when last one was there. And we went to watch a game and I think Barca won like 5-0 or something. And we were right up in the in the gods. And it was 4-0 and Larson came on and he came on and he scored the fifth goal. And 
all the people around us were sort of politely clapping because it was the fifth goal. My dad went mental. He was like, <laughs> get in. <laughs> uh, and then we went to the Barcelona shop to get a shirt. And he said I could get someone put on the back. And I, he said, who do you want put on the back? And I said, oh, I'm going to get Larson on the back. He's like, oh, good lad. And then the whole the whole holiday, I've been saying I was going to get Larson. And then we went up to the woman and she said, who would you like on the back? And I said, Messi, please. <laughs> it turned to look at me like, you what? <laughs> and then we saw a little boy with really curly hair and he had Puyol on the back of his T-shirt. And my dad was like, see, he knows who to get on the back of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> that plays the type. Yeah, yeah, absolutely outstanding player. His goal yeah. record for Celtic is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. 175 and 221. He also he also scored a type of goal that I really like, which was he would always put it over the top of the keeper rather than around the sides. And he, I remember him being asked in an interview once why I did that, and he was just like, "Well, because if they're off their line, there's more space there. So like you're just putting the ball into the larger amount of space, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be pretty good to do that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's it sounds easier to say it than it is to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Thankfully, he had he had the skill to pull off. I remember when because uh, it was only he only got loaned to United, and I, I don't think he played that many games. Yeah, seven. Was it seven? Yeah. Fans instantly fell in love with him, and like even the, even though he was that he was only there for a short amount of time, and I'm pretty sure he came off the bench a few times in those appearances. You could tell he was a top quality player. Yeah, like he's so good. Yeah, he's just... he, he came off the bench in. Uh the Champions League final against Arsenal. And again, he had like a two-minute period. So maybe I could choose him for this two-minute period where he set up Messi, set up Etu, and then set up Messi, I think. And he basically won them that Champions League final. There's an interview with Henri afterwards and he's like, I didn't see Ronaldinho today. I didn't see Eto. I saw Henrik Larsson. It's like, yeah. Yeah. He was the original Swedish legend. Obviously, probably superseded now by... Zlatan, but yeah. before Zlatan, the original Swedish iconic striker, Henrik Larsson. Yeah. Especially when he had the dreads as well. I was going to say, now Now this is a big part of your team because you've got him when he's bald, yeah. or you've got him when he's got dreads. Which are you going for? I, I, I'm taking him when he's bald, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Um, the thing about Zlatan was that Zlatan said that he... When he was younger, Larson was like a god to him. And I feel like if you're a god to Zlatan, then to yeah. humans, you're, you know. Yeah, who calls himself a god. If you're a, exactly. god, to, if you're a god to a god. Yeah. What are you, but, Zeus? Is he a god to a god? I don't really know. Yeah, but yeah, great player. Fantastic player. Incredible. Obviously, made a huge amount of appearances for Sweden as well. 106 appearances. Only 37 goals for Sweden, though. Obviously, more attuned to playing cold winter nights in Glasgow. Yeah. Was anywhere Maybe else? Again. Maybe Hibernian's defence aren't quite as strong as some of the international defences. <laughs> ah, we don't say that. <laughs> the players around him as well. Like, were, were there any big, like, top quality Swedish players at that point, apart from him? Freddie Lundberg would have played with him for a bit, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little Swedish duo in the team. Anders Svensson. He was good. That's there you my, go, that's my, that's my knowledge of early 2000 Sweden. <laughs> This team is 1-0 down. They need a goal to secure a point to win the league. I don't know. I'm make, making this up on the spot. Who are you bringing on? I'm bringing on my super sub, who's a man called Tony Watt. Oh, Celtic legend. Exactly. Now, 
I realised that I've talked about Barcelona quite a lot over the last sort of hour. But um, basically, for some reason, whenever Celtic are in the Champions League, they seem to be drawn against Barcelona. Um, it's like Scotland at the moment just seems to play Israel every two weeks. Yeah. Um, but um, and Arsenal went through a period of getting Bayern Munich. Uh, but we were drawn against uh, to Barcelona and we played them at Parkhead. And we went 1-0 up with a Victor Wanyama header and then were fighting to keep that one goal lead for about, I don't know, 60 minutes or something. Uh, and then eventually Tony Watt came on and he scored a goal that passed 2-0 up against Barcelona. I think he scored that goal in like the late 80th minute, yeah. uh, late 80th minute. Um, and I remember being at home with my dad watching that game and we just went absolutely mad. Yeah, absolute scene to that goal. Yes. So I also have a bit of a link to Tony Watt. Now, I'm sure that most green fans in Glasgow claimed on that night that they were some form of relation to Tony Watt. But I, I actually genuinely think that I am. <laughs> um, so my before Tony Watt even scored this goal, I remember he came on in a game once and my grandpa told me that Tony Watt was his, my grandpa's cousin's, Sisters, brothers, dog walker, something like that. Not quite that loose related, but in some way or another, I am related to him. So, you know, we've got a family connection. He also scored that goal uh, after being brought off the bench. So, yeah, had to, had to have him in He must have been a young lad back then as well, because he's yeah, only 26 now, isn't he? He was just sort of breaking through into the Celtic team at the time. So, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't old at all. Bit of a journeyman, old Tony Watt. He's played for 12 clubs and he's only 26. I don't think that goal did much for his Celtic career. I mean, I'm sure it extended it a little bit, but he didn't yeah. that long. But, you know, that it does mean that he gets mentioned on a podcast that's listened to by about six people. So. And Yaya Sanogo. There you go. And Yaya Sanogo. And some people in Norway and Argentina. But, you know. <laughs> Great choice. Uh, the epitome of a super sub. Especially yeah. that game. One of the most iconic games in Celtic history, I'd say. Yeah. It's one of them where if you ask Celtic their best Champions League night, I'd say, oh, it's probably it. Think so. Yeah. Great choice. Right. Well, what a team that is. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a short break and then we'll crack on with the rest of your squad. Okay, Kieran, back again. This eclectic team of people, a mix of fans, referees, players, and you. Yeah. Who's managing it? So I, I, toyed with a few different managers. I watched uh, the highlights of the Leeds game last night and I thought the idea of playing under Bielsa would appeal to me a lot. You know, the idea that you can just bomb on if that's what you want to do. Um, so I, I didn't go for him. I also, have you seen the video that compares Guardiola and Neil Warnock? <laughs> no, I no, but I want to. <laughs> it's such a good video. You've got to watch it. So it's, t- it's footage taken from um, the All or Nothing documentary. Uh, and it and they sort of intercut it with footage from a similar documentary that follows Neil Warnock, uh, and they took they they cut it together so they're talking about the similar things, and it, it is really funny. And having watched that, I did sort of want Neil uh, Warnock to be my my manager. There's <laughs> a bit where he's talking about you have to die for three points, and <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'd do that. I would do that for you, Neil. Um, but I didn't go for him. I actually went for Barry Lander, who was my football coach when I was um, sort of playing 
from my local village when I was young. Uh, and Barry unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So the idea that I could bring him back just to manage football one more time, that would be a very nice, very nice. Ah, I love, very that. Nice, I love that. He was a big, uh, he was a big Liverpool fan. And I don't know if you guys have been to a funeral yet where you'll never walk alone has played. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, uh, Tugs on the heartstrings when that happens. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, change. It, I think it actually changes the song for you a little bit. Completely, completely. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. That's that's a really lovely reason to put a, a man in there. You'll never walk alone. Is a big Celtic song as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, both yeah. Celtic and Liverpool sing it. And Dortmund. And Dortmund. I did. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's oh, there's, a, there's, there's another like it. foreign side as well that sing it, but I can't remember who. That's why Klopp loved it straight from there. Yes, yeah, Liverpool yeah. is like, oh, I know this song. Goes at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. So what team was he managing, sorry, when you were a kid? Uh, the Cherry Hinton Lions. Cherry Hinton Lions. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. That sounds like the poshest team I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry Hinton's the rough part of Cambridge, mate. Oh, fair play. I'll be honest. My <laughs> is there of a Cambridge rough Cherry. part of Cambridge? Oh, very much so, George. You, you wouldn't want to go down the Cherry Hinton with your... With your dyed emo hair, mate. You'd just get, <laughs> you'd get <rocked> <laughs> With my Under Armour. Oh, that'd get ripped off. Yeah, that'd be sold. Harry <laughs> Landers Barmy Army would sort you right out. I, mean, yeah, I, know, they would, mate. They would. I know there's a lot of like bike thieves in, in Cambridge, but that's just because there's a lot of bikes. It's <laughs> very that, true. That's such a specific thing to say. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think <laughs> I think that's right. part of Cambridge. I'm assuming it's just people running around with, with bikes over their shoulders. <laughs> For some reason, they're carrying them and not riding them. I was going to say, ride the bike. <laughs> I think, George, that we might have been on tour together when yeah. I just had a bike that had been stolen. Yep, that's why I said it. <laughs> oh, right, well, that's a lovely choice for manager. I really yeah. respect that. On to your stadium. Where are we playing? So the stadium I've gone for is the Maracan... Is it Maracan Art or the Maracan Ara? Maracan Ara, I think, in Brazil. So I went to Brazil a few years ago. Uh, my friend was getting married and I went to a wedding. And then me and another mate went around Brazil for a bit. Uh, and we went to go to the American R Stadium to have a look around. But for some reason, the day we went, it was blocked off, uh, shut. I think maybe it was a national holiday or something. And we'd been looking, really looking forward to going there, but we couldn't get in. So we basically just walked around the edges, looking at it, thinking about how cool it was. But I don't think I'll ever necessarily go back to Brazil again. So if I get to sort of just be transported there to play my games there, then I'm quite happy for that. It's also a pretty famous stadium. I think it's had... Um, there was a game there, a Brazil-Argentina game that had almost 200,000 people in there. So, wow. you know, yeah, that was crazy. before regulations were brought in, I think. But um, I'd be quite up for that, definitely. It's such a cool-looking stadium as well. Yeah, it really. looks great, yeah. Iconic, definitely. Especially city. in such such a like iconic city as well. Yeah. With the Christ the Redeemer, like, looking over it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be happy to sort of play my games there and then go and get pissed up in Rio afterwards. That'd be good. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> or that climate would not agree with the Scottish man in defence, but... No, I think you might be right. I think he's struggling <laughs> <ever so> slightly. <laughs> By the sounds of the thing, I don't think he's got a passport anyway, so he's not getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great choice. It's one of the iconic stadiums where, like you like said, if you didn't even go in, just seeing it from the outside just leaves you in awe. Yeah. I went to um, Valencia last year me and fiance were walking around valencia and we stumbled across the mestaya yeah. it's, it's literally just in the middle of the suburbs just it's just there and i've stood there uh and then could surprise me by taking me there she knew where we were going i, I literally stood there and i was like holy shit this is incredible 
literally just like looking at history. And I, like, I didn't even go in, but I just looked at it, touched it, and I was like, that's just iconic. I can't believe yeah, we've seen yeah. that. It's one of them, like, to see an iconic stadium like that that you don't expect to see or... Absolutely, yeah. When it just opens up in front of you and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I remember, that, I remember that feeling at Anfield, actually, when we were... Because we kind of... Before we got on the pitch to to play, we, did, we were there the day before and we did like... We did a tour around the stadium and stuff and then we were looking on the pitch and knowing we were about to play on that. And that was yeah, really, nice. Um, and our, our manager used to, used to play for Cambridge United with David Moyes. So the day before we had gone to Everton's training grounds to, to train on their pitches. So we really felt like we were going in like against Liverpool. We were playing for the Blues really, but yeah. And that's why you lost. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's this team playing in? What kit are we choosing? So I, I thought about the green and white hoops. It's hard not to want to play in those, right? But I thought, I've talked a lot about Celtics. So I'm not going to go for them. Then I thought about Barcelona. About... <laughs> <laughs> with Messi on the back. Then I then I thought about um, the O2 kit, the Arsenal O2 kit. The is that the burgundy one? Yeah, yeah, the one where they went away from the white sleeves. Yes, I think so. So oh, it's the centenary one. Yeah, like that, but I've not gone for that. What I've gone for is my school football kit. Okay, now my school football kit was a reversible football and rugby top yes. <laughs> yeah so it was like really thick sleeves uh it was light blue on one side and dark blue on the other side uh, and it was perfect because it never meant you you'd never brought the wrong kit you always had something with you and it was the sturdiest piece of fabric i've ever come across in my life nice um, <laughs> you know it washed it washed well i'm pretty sure i got a big one in year seven and then just had that until year 11. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't need anything else. That's what, that's what usually happens in school, isn't it? We we yeah. had sort of a similar thing at mine and Drew's school, but it wasn't reversible in any way. It was just we wore the same top for both football and, and rugby, which was yeah. black and white hoops. hoops. Yeah. Horrible fabric. Like, oh, it was, it was yeah. so... Oh, yeah, nasty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, you Inter- know, I'm interested to know what, what side was the football, what side was the rugby? Well, there were, it was... It was um, both sides were both. Ah, oh, nice. Because it was all just really thick. <laughs> and it was like, so when you, you know, you split the class down the middle and you say you're playing you, you don't have to get bibs out. One team just changes their top over. And it also means you've got no, you remember like when Balotelli couldn't put a bib on. <laughs> you get that with players every now and again. They get like videos put around of them to put a bib on. I don't want the night before a big match a video going around social media of my fat centre back. <laughs> <laughs> I want him whipping it off, swapping it around. Efficient. I think um, there's got to have been instances where you had that one kid where everyone stood there in light blue and you look at the left back and he's wearing dark blue. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. come on, John, swap it out. <laughs> Always yeah. the left back. Yeah. He's gone to a 4 3 3, he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> he's the same kid that turns up on non school uniform day wearing his uniform. <laughs> Well, that is a great kit for this team to wear. I would love to see Pierre Luigi in that kit. He'd like it. He'd like yeah, it. I think so. I think so. He'd probably have to get a year eleven size. <laughs> He's only a spindly little man, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think. I like to think because this usually happens in school. Like you say, you got a size big when you're in year seven. I like to think they're oversized for all of your team, and like it's going, it's going past the shorts and things like that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I mean, what size are you getting for the centre back? If that's oversized, you might have to have two different ones stitched yeah, together. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, Kieran, let's summarise this thing. So, you've gone for a classic 4-4-2 formation. You've got Barney McLaughlin in goal with his mum Karen for some encouragement behind the goal. At left-back, you've gone for Kieran Tierney. At centre-back, you've got Pierre-Louis Kalina. And you've got a big, angry, fat guy from a Celtic versus Barcelona game. Yeah. With yourself, Kieran Doherty, at right-back. Yeah, so we move on to the midfield. We've got, on the left-hand side, we've got JJ Okocha. In the middle is your holding midfielder. We have Scott Brown. Then as our free-kick specialist, we've got Nakamura. And on the right-hand side, we have Freddie Youngberg. Yeah, now they're all supplying the great strike force of Yaya Sonogo for a two-minute spell where he didn't yep. score. <laughs> Henrik Larsson for a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> and your super sub is the legendary Scottish super sub for Celtic against Barcelona, Tony Watt. This team is going to be managed by your old manager, Barry Lander, playing in the stadium, the Maracanã in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro. And your kit is your old school football kit, which was reversible. So there's your team. There's your manager's kit and stadium. What is the name of this team, Kieran? Right. I'll be honest, boys. I really struggled with the name of this team. <laughs> I wanted something sort of sleek and efficient, but I've not come up with that. What I have gone for is tick up the arse, right? <laughs> now, the reason I've gone for tick up the arse is because, you know, my mum thinks it's really funny whenever Arsenal are playing to say something about up the arse, you know, in relation to to the fact that Arsenal are called arse for short. I'm sure you got that and didn't need me to explain it. Yeah, um, thank you, though. So she, will always, she will always make a joke about that. Oh, up the arse. And she thinks that's very funny. <laughs> Um, uh, when I was younger, I used to have two guinea pigs. One was called Tick for Celtic and the other was called Gunner. So we had Gunner and Tick. So I've gone for Tick up the arse because it's a combination of those things. And I know this is not sleek and I know this is not aerodynamic. Uh, but I also feel a bit like, you know, we want to be as annoying as a Tick up the arse. Yeah. You know, I want, that's what I want my strikers doing, being a Tick up the arse. That's that's what I've gone for. That's the first team that's been a metaphor for the style of play. Great, good. There you go. Good, love that. Love that. <laughs> you, you seem a bit disappointed by the name, though. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I sort of flew through the team thing, like, yeah, that works, that works, that works. And I was like, team name? What's that? And I just was absolutely stuck on it. So tick up the arse. Tick up the tick arse. Tick up the arse. Well, thank you very much, Kieran. It's been a real pleasure. Cheers, no mate. Thank you very much. So that was Kieran Doherty giving us one of the most eclectic teams we've seen. <laughs> yeah. It's the first team that features a fan and a referee as a centre-back partnership. Yeah, it's it's quite uh, it's quite the choices, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Some really nice stories in there. I like yeah. the, the one about the goalkeeper with his mum. That's found that quite funny. Yeah. I think we can all relate to having an overzealous parent on the sideline, whether it be yeah. for you or against you. 100%. I remember, I remember once when... Um, I think it was both mine and your mum. They didn't use, used to come to our games, but there was one we played in Abergelly against Abergelly. Yeah. So they came to it. And uh, I think it was the last time my mum ever came to watch a football game because uh, she was screaming. Like, my mum is one of the nicest people, but I swear yeah. someone put a foul tackle in on me and she was screaming yeah, at them. Flip the switch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's what I remember anyway. It might not have been that bad, but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that is uh, something that everyone can relate to, I think. Yeah. Uh, th that defence, the two Kierans on yep. either side. 
Obviously, we don't know what Kieran's like as a football player, but it sounds like he's played to a decent standard and still plays now. Yeah. We'll back him yeah. up on that one. Kieran Tierney, obviously a very good player for Arsenal. Uh, one of the only players that is very good at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, like I said earlier, not really enjoying his time there, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Obviously, Pierluigi Kalina, probably the most, like, well, definitely the most iconic football referee of all time. 100%. Yeah. Like, just... if, if if you're struggling to know, like, think of who it is from the name, you'll definitely know, know him from oh, his yeah. look. 100%. Absolutely. And then big, angry, fat guy is what I've written down for the, uh, for the second centre-back. I think... I... I I wrote down crowd member told to around to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call him Lillian. <laughs> yeah, why not? I have a, an image in my head. He's wearing jogging bottoms, right? And they go up just to below his belly. So his belly's hanging out because his jumper's too short. Yeah. You just see the belly button hanging out there. He's got a hat which doesn't quite cover his ears, <laughs> sort of to one side. And then he has just got a scarf on, but it just looks like a child-sized scarf because he's so massive. <laughs> and of course, he's got a pie in one hand and a pint in the other. Yeah, I think that that football fan can be found at any ground throughout the yeah, whole. Yeah, I was going to say that that was well described as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just a vision into my future, to be honest. Yeah, don't say yeah. <laughs> the midfield. I mean, you said it. I, I, I'm not going to boost your ego by going no no that's not boosting my ego time we're not gonna be a fat guy <laughs> okay fair enough you're not gonna be a fat guy dude. thanks i already am all right <laughs> midfield great midfield yeah yeah no that, very uh, good that sort of brought it back to uh normality a little bit didn't yeah it? yeah yeah i think in jj kotcha you've got one of the most iconic football players it's one of those players where I don't know if many people outside of the UK really know that much about him. I know he played for PSG, but I don't think he ever did that much abroad. It's it's another one of the thing, and it's like a running theme we have uh, in this podcast now, is an incredible player playing for, I'm assuming we're both in like a mid-table side then? Yeah, with Big Sam. I think they actually made it to Europe. They, did with they? JJ Kocher. They had like Even Campo, Helguera. They had Jorkaev. Yeah. It's another streets we'll never forget sort of player isn't yeah he? absolutely yeah he definitely was probably one of the first actually yeah yeah scott brown not very... messing with him no nope. <laughs> polarizing player you either love him or you hate him most hate him but celtic fans love him yeah 100 well, love... like kieran said they, they yeah. do hate him as well <laughs> yeah yeah he's um obviously dropped off quite a bit i don't think he's really in the starting team anymore but yeah for what he did for celtic for over a number of years great player great choice yeah and with uh, partnering alongside Nakamura, who I I am a sucker for just watching like compilations of free kicks. Yeah, I love them, absolutely love them. Yeah, and, uh, he he did have something special there, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than a free kick going in. Just something about it, like watching James Ward-Prowse at the moment in the Premier League is just yeah lovely to watch him just bending free kicks, and especially watching one of the Trents as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of them where to score a free kick, you've got to strike the ball perfectly. Mm. So I think that's just so satisfying about it. So yeah, Freddie Umberg on the wing there, iconic Arsenal winger, just a classic winger, no frills, yeah. just pace, head down, get around the man, put the ball in the middle, jobs are good. Yeah, 100%. Unfortunately, one of the strikers he's feeding it to isn't going <laughs> to score because he's terrible. No, 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 but it's, mind you, I say it's that moment, that one minute moment, which like we said in the podcast, that is the reason you came up with this concept, was you wanted this sort of 
weird choices from just one moment in one game or stuff like that. Yeah. And that's that's properly summed up what we want in this podcast. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But what I will say is it, from that one minute, but he still didn't score in that one yeah, minute. Yeah, no. So it's <laughs> the best example. <laughs> so is he is he hitting the bar every single time? Or... Yeah, but it's all right because Henrik Larsson's had to tap it in afterwards. Goal yeah. poacher. And then he'll just, you know, G up the crowd a little bit. Afterwards. Exactly, yeah. And also, he's only on the pitch for two minutes, so then Tony Watt plays the other 88 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Henrik Larsson, great, great Celtic player. Probably Incredible. the best striker they ever had. Um, and then with Tony Watt off the bench, although it's not worked out for him so much, but he's still playing. There's still a chance for Tony Watt to make it big. Yeah, I think he's, um, still, he's still in the Scottish Premiership, isn't he? He's with Motherwell. You know, yeah, thinking. yeah. But he's a good player. Hopefully, he can he can get back to the the highs of that European night. Must be quite difficult yeah. to only only twenty six as well. So still yeah, got, yeah, still got time ahead of him. I say that's young because I'm only one year older than that. I uh, am twenty six. <laughs> uh, the manager just want to give a shout out to that. That's a lovely choice. I love I um, love that. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Barry Lander, um, respects to Barry Lander and his family. Hundred um, percent. The stadium, iconic. Yeah, American R World Cup finals have been played there. Brazil play a lot of their home games there it's just one of those stadiums where if you're a player or a fan going there is just like the mecca of football you know yeah it's it's so cool as well that like football is such a big thing in Rio as well isn't it like yeah. I remember when the when the uh, World Cup was out in Brazil and you just saw like the grassroots level of football and it was just the kids playing on the streets or on like concrete pitches things like that and just it is. It's a hell of a city and a hell of a stadium. Yeah, I love. Absolutely. I love as well the iconic images of like the Christ the Redeemer, like sort of overlooking it. Yeah, so cool. It's lovely. And then the kit. Everyone has played in that sort of kit. Yeah, thick, heavy cotton. The worst material you can play any sports in because yeah, it's so itchy it. as well. <laughs> yeah, once you've sweated in it once, it smells forever. Yeah, no matter how many times you wash it, it's stuck. But it is durable. <laughs> yeah, given that no one's pulling your shirt off, it's staying there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and then <laughs> one of the funnier team names we've had, <laughs> Tick Up the Arse. And a great a met- little explanation to yeah. go along with it as well. <laughs> a, a metaphor for the style of play in a 4-4-2 formation so it doesn't get too confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a great, a great team and a great guest. Yeah. A very funny yeah. guest. Great to have Kieran on the pod. Our first non-English team football fan. Yeah, take away Arsenal, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he said but his, his main side is... Yeah. is uh, he doesn't sound like your average Celtic fan, though, does he? After no. growing up in uh, Cambridge. <laughs> no, not at all. So, there's another podcast done. Yep. So, as always, we will point you in the direction of our social media channels. Why not start off your new year by following a new podcast on Instagram or on Twitter, at NostalgiaFCPod. And also, if you're not following us yet, you're going to miss out on a hilarious video from the sounds of it. So, uh, yeah, definitely get on that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, give us any give us any uh, feedback, messages if you want to if you want to take part in the pod or anything like that. Give us a message. And as always, if the podcast provider you use to listen to this podcast has the function of rating and reviewing, if you could go ahead and give us a review, preferably a five star one, if you think we deserve it because it would really help us expand the brand of the podcast and get us out to a wider audience. Yeah, so thank you for that. So here's to a great year in 2021. We're going to yeah. have a lot of podcasts coming at you. We've got nothing else better to do. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a great journey so far and long may it continue into 2021 and beyond. 100%. Yeah. So all that remains to say, 
is Happy New Year once more. That was Kieran Doherty with Tick Up The Arse. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. And this team is going to be marriage. 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 <laughs> Christ. We'll get married. Right. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, Congratulations. <laughs>